This is the Seven Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. I'm super excited for today's session. We're going to be talking all about profitability and how to improve the profitability in your digital marketing agency. Uh, today, we've got an amazing guest, Ben McAdam, uh, one of the foremost experts in revenue, profit. He's a fractional CFO. He's our financials coach in the seven-figure agency. And one of the big challenges I see in growing digital marketing agencies is we tend to get really good at generating revenue. And, you know, revenue is something that's fun to brag about. It's fun to talk about. Uh, but we tend to get really good at generating revenue, but the profitability really starts to struggle, right? And if you're not intentional about how you manage your financials, how you set up your chart of accounts, um, and, and really managing your profitability – it can be super counterproductive. And so if you're, if you're excited about learning some new ideas and strategies on how to dial in your profitability and really keep more of the money that you generate in your agency, type dollar sign in the comments. And um, Ben, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited for this session. Pleasure. Thank you for the warm introduction, Josh. Uh, always enjoy helping out the people in the agency world. Love the seven-figure agency group. Um, for those of you who haven't met me yet, uh, I'm a profits coach. I've helped over like a thousand business owners with growth, profits, clarity on their numbers, but I've also started, grown and sold my own businesses, so not just an external advisor. Um, there's a few ideas out there I want to change. Um, one is like, I don't know what I don't know about my numbers and that worries me. I don't know if any of you watching have had that. See, it's fairly common with a lot of business owners. A lot of people also think like looking at the numbers or their profitability is a boring, confusing, meaningless thing that you put up with when your tax accountant drones on at you maybe once a year, if, if at all. Um, also, looking at the numbers isn't just the financials and the bookkeeping reports. Um, it's not a, yeah, I should probably do that chore that you never get to because you're more interested in driving some more sales. Don't blame you. <laughs> if, if, if The way most accountants present it's a bit boring. And then also like an, another idea I want to change is that being more profitable is about cutting expenses or spending less on growth and taking less money out of the business for yourself, which is, you know, furthest from the truth. I was once testing an offer of like guaranteed profits. And this guy said, oh, I don't want profits. I want growth. Okay. Didn't know they were separate. I might do a podcast episode on that one day. Um, so yeah, I help people with the numbers and uh, I'm trying to change those things. Really passionate about how this stuff can help people. So Josh, if I'm waffling and going on about too much, you might be like, pull me back. Yes, I, I will. I will. So guys, in the in the comments, let me know um, how, how, how focused are you on revenue versus profit? If you're more focused on revenue type revenue, if you're more focused on profit, put profit. And while you guys are putting that in the comments, what I'll say is, I, I have found, and I believe this to be true, uh, revenue is vanity and profit is sanity. Like who cares if you do seven figures or multiple seven figures or even eight figures if the profitability isn't where it needs to be, right? It's not how much you generate, it's how much you keep. And Ben's really good at helping you maximize profitability, but in a way that also accelerates growth. Um, so I'd love to hear like some of the key strategies that you're finding with the agencies you're working with to you know, dial in profitability while still maintaining growth. Absolutely. I can see it. Elaine in the comments says, focused on both revenue and profit. Excellent. So long as profit's in there, we're happy, Elaine. Um, so for me, <clears throat> what I've recently done is I've created a, a program 
And I thought, oh, how am I going to create a program to, to coach this as opposed to just one-on-one, I help whatever problem you've got. And I thought, you know what might be a great idea is if I just take every single project that had an amazing result for a client and I just like smushed it all together and see what I've got. Anyway, it ended up coming out that there were six core areas, um, six to core areas in the numbers uh, from working with a lot of business, with a lot of agencies. Um, and I thought I'd walk through them on the podcast today and help people figure out like, what is it about the numbers that they're not doing. And maybe for some people, they can stop worrying so much. And all wow. of these... All of these areas help profitability. Great. Well, Excellent. the six key areas to improve profitability. Type a six in the comments if you're watching this live or after the fact. We're going to get into those six key things. Excellent. Each of them drives profitability, and some of them you might be surprised about why. So that's why it's important to go through all these things. Um, but before we get started, I've got a resource. Um, if you want to spend 15, 30 minutes and get some more profits, um, I've got a resource at profitscollective.com slash qph 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 stands for quick profit hunt ha i'm gonna drop that in the chat here guys so if you want to grab that you can go to that link profitscollective.com q quick profits hunt qph all right let's let's get into it all right thank you josh okay so the first of the six core areas is goal numbers um this one i might I could, I could talk for days on this one. It makes the biggest difference for a lot of my clients. Unsurprisingly, it's not looking at the financials. Um, but I thought it's important for us to go through, I think about it a bit diff- differently. Um, and it can really affect your profitability. So the ideal, what we want here is to, with, with the goals and all the numbers surrounding them, your plans, that kind of thing, is that we want to know what you want, know what that looks like in reality, so that you know what you're heading towards the few key projects to focus on to get there, a plan to sustainably get those projects done and therefore achieve your goals, and a regular review to make sure you're on track. If you have all those pieces, then you will head in the profitable direction that you're aiming for. You'll hit the personal income goals or the exit goals or the profit goals that that you're looking for. Um, One of my favorite clients uh, is a husband and wife uh, combo, uh, Sadie and Jeremy. They run a uh, low seven-figure revenue business. And for them, when they first started coming to me, they were running at a bit of a loss and they were pretty burnt out and demotivated. Uh, They'd been running their business for six years at this point and things weren't going pretty well. So talk to them a bit about it. And it turned out that they had said to their previous coach, we want a $10 million exit. And so the coach had just taken them at their word and said, okay, Here is how you get to a $10 million exit in the next three years. Do this. And they were doing it and it was sending them broke and burning them out. Um, If they had sustained the path or continued on with the coach, like it might've actually worked. Like I'm not saying it was the wrong advice. I think what the coach didn't do well is ask them, why do you want a $10 million exit? What exactly is it about that that we're heading towards? So I walked them through this goal number stuff uh, that I'm going to get, talk to you guys about in a second. And it turned out that they didn't want a $10 million exit. They wanted 150 k a year passive income from investments after they've sold their business. Um, and that changes how they get there. For a start, if they're 150 k per year passive income from investments, they actually only need a 3 or $4 million exit, not a $10 million exit. So immediately that takes the, the, uh, the pressure off a bit. And 
there are only a certain number of things that they need to do to get to that $3 million exit from where they were. And it's like suddenly the motivation comes back and suddenly like they can start cutting all the crazy things they were spending money on. No more $5,000 a month on Facebook ads is necessary anymore. So we just like chopped that. So we had, I just walked them through this stuff and they went from running at a loss and burnt out to having a hundred K profit for the year. And we only had the conversation halfway through the year and, and they were motivated again as well. So you'd be surprised like goals and the plans you make to achieve them can actually be a big lever to achieving profitability. Is that making sense so far, Josh? Yeah, I love that. So, so number one is all about these goal numbers and kind of knowing your why, right? And who cares if, mm. you know, it's not, it's not just about a big number in the bank. Like why, like, why is it selling for 5 million or 10 million or whatever the number is? And you can adjust your strategy and it could have a completely different outcome for you. Mm, absolutely. So for each of these six core areas of the numbers, I've got a couple of questions to ask those of you watching and you can kind of give yourself a score and it will also hint at what you need to work on next in this area. So in most cases, you can just count on one hand, even those of you who are driving can do this exercise. Um, the first is like, give yourself a point if you've set SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T goals and asked why a million times to figure out that, yes, this is what I want. Um, so Tradlands, uh, the Jeremy and Sadie, um, instead of a $10 million exit, their goal was 150 change to 150 K a year passive income. So that's, that's, you get one score for having those clear goals. The second one is to have built a picture of what your agency looks like at the point you've achieved the goals. And this is the step no one else seems to do. So I'm going to spend a moment on this you can actually calculate exactly what it looks like. So if your goal is 10K a month in owner pay, for example, from there we can go, all right, if you want 10K a month owner pay, you should be aiming for 15K a month in profit. So there's, you know, a little bit of profit stays with the business. You don't pull all of it out. If you're aiming for 15K a month profit, then using a whole bunch of numbers and ratios I know from working with a lot of agencies, 15K of profit, you should be able to get that at 50K a month in revenue. And from revenue, you can work out it's about 17K to spend on the team that does the client work and client communication, spend 5K a month on marketing. Um, and you can go further and further down the rabbit hole of if you're aiming for 50K a month revenue, how many clients do you need to close each month? How many strategy sessions do you need to have each month? And then go right back up your marketing funnel of what do you need to do to get that many strategy sessions every month? And you've got a 5K budget to do that according to this you know, uh, picture where we're working out of the future. So what will that look like? You know, an admin assistant, Facebook ads, spending on webinars, all these sorts of things. You can build a really detailed picture about what your agency looks like at the point you achieved your goals. And then for most people, when I do this exercise, they go, oh, okay. I, I thought it'd be bigger. I thought it'd have to be larger. I thought there'd have to be a million more people on my team. And suddenly you're like, okay, cool. Well, once you've got that picture, give yourself a, another point. If you've got that, you can then build some, you can then decide like what are the three to six projects or rocks if you use the traction system? What are the rocks that will get me from where I am now to that picture? So you can say, well, if my revenue is at 45K and this picture I'm aiming towards says 50K, well, I don't need to spend all of my time trying to rapidly increase my revenue. Um, the problem might be that spending too much on the team and the processes are inefficient. So you've got 45K a month revenue and you're barely keeping any of that after you pay for your team to do the work. Um, 
So having the, that picture can help you set the right rocks or set the right uh, projects. Um, Elaine's got a question in the comments. Is a 64% profit margin acceptable? If not, what should we aim for? Yep, that's acceptable. We'll talk a bit more about that uh, a little later. Um, so we've got your scorings yourself for clear goals, having a picture of what it looks like, the three to six projects or rocks. Give yourself another point if you've got a sustainable plan where you're scheduling those rocks in a sustainable way across the next 12 months. There's not too much happening at once. Things happen in the right order. Success builds on success. Then give yourself a five out of five if, you've also, if you're also reviewing your progress at least once a month and making course corrections. So remember this score. As we go through each of them, I'll give you a way to score each of them, and whichever one has the lowest score is probably the one you need to work on first. Making sense, Josh? Absolutely. So we're talking about these goal numbers and why, the why behind these, and kind of making sure you're, you're doing all of the right things to move yourself towards that objective. Mm, absolutely. So that's goal numbers, one of my favorite ones. I talk about it a bit longer than the other ones. So number two, personal numbers. Again, we're not quite up to the financials yet. Um, these other ones can have a bit of an impact and people tend to ignore them. So personal numbers is the second area. And it's because our personal finances and our personal productivity can hold our agencies back. For example, if you draw too much money for your agency, then it can't afford growth projects and maybe can't afford to pay some staff that will free you up to focus on growth and you kind of get stuck. And if you tune your personal productivity and performance to support your agency's growth and your satisfaction, then you know, the, you'll have a bit more success. So someone that we both know, Josh, uh, Sean, uh, in the program, he's one of the mentors, an amazing guy. Um, he was spending a lot of his time on ops and it was kind of stuck at 44K a month in revenue. And so the pulling a rabbit out of the hat trick I did for him was we looked at his time. We said, okay, how can you spend more of this time on sales and growing the agency and delegate more of this client work and ops work to your team? And so he did that, and seven months later, he was at 85K a month in revenue, from 44 to 85 in, in seven months because he knew what to do. He just wasn't spending the right amount of time on it. And I'm finding that with agencies, there's some people have their preferences. Some people are great marketers. Some people are great salespeople. Some people are great ops people or, or client experience people. And we tend to lean into those preferences and... Uh, that was the case with Sean, who's fantastic at operations. So he was spending all his time in operations and not enough time in sales. And this one lever can actually work for a lot of you listening is just to think, how much time am I actually spending on sales? Is that enough? And if you're not growing the way you want to, it's probably not enough. Um, how, about, how about you, Josh? Have you, have you seen the same thing? People not spending quite enough time on sales? Yeah, I think when you're not growing, the main thing you should focus on as the owner in the business really should be, should be business development, right? As the mm. agency owner, as the entrepreneur, you've got to be focused on the direction of the company and, and business growth. And if you're trying to wear the hat of business growth, operations, client retention, obviously that's going to bottleneck your ability to grow. And so, mm. you know, I think it's a great insight, right? Just shift your attention, put somebody else in place to handle the operations. And all of a sudden you're going to start to see some growth because, where energy goes, results flow. Mm, absolutely. I love that phrase. Thank you, Josh. So the scoring here, there actually are six on this one just because there's personal finances and personal productivity to talk about. So as I read this, give yourself a score. 
uh, as I go through this, sorry. Um, are you clear on how much money you need to confidently cover your personal expenses each month? Give yourself a point if that's a yes. Another point, if there's no waste in your personal expenses, or actually, no, that's it's hard. Let's say there's little waste, <laughs> very little waste in your personal expenses. Another point, if you've got a three to six month personal savings buffer and you're building your personal wealth. So those are the three for personal finances. The fourth one, give yourself a, a point if you know when to work on the different types of tasks for maximum effectiveness, like deep work in the morning or in the evening, sales calls or client calls at certain times, admin work versus team calls. So if you know when in the day is the right time for you to do these things to be effective. A fifth point, if you've got a framework in place for supporting your productivity, like you've got food, water, sleep, exercise, breaks, um, an ability to like walk somewhere and stretch your legs or go do some push-ups or something. If you've got a framework in place to support your performance and then give yourself a, a sixth point if you've also got no waste on your to-do list or calendar or maybe, again, very little waste on your to-do list or calendar. Um, and compare, like, what's your score here compared to the goal numbers? Like, which is more of a priority for you to aim for? Is that making sense, score basically between a zero and six on either mm -hmm. of these. Yep. Six being it's all like all dialed in, zero, like you got big problems there. Um, and mm. it's good to know what those six key things are. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. So let's let's move on to one of my other favorites. Number three is offer numbers. Now the idea here is that the you gotta make sure that the service that you're offering and the price you're offering it at actually leads to profits, growth, being able to afford marketing, managers, growth projects, and a decent pay for you as you grow. Um this thing is done well in all rapidly growing agencies, and that is not a coincidence. Um, it's one of the primary things that I teach everyone because it isn't talked about enough. Uh, so again, this passion thing, I'm going to go a bit deeper on it. Um, so again, a, a mutual contact we know, a, a John. Um, actually, I have a lot of J clients. I don't know why. Um, so uh, John's running his agency. <clears throat> it's you know 20 to 30K a month. Um, and it's kind of like in goal numbers when I was saying at 50K a month, you should be able to pull out 10K a month for yourself, should have 15K profit. John wasn't anywhere near that. Um, he didn't necessarily want to draw more money out of the business. He wanted to invest more in the business and invest in building a team that would help get him to the next level. And so talk to him about margins, gross profit margins, um, which I'll describe in a moment. Um, Elaine, looks like we're on the same page here in the chat. Um, and we talked about that and that he worked a lot and he got his team involved on helping him improve his gross profit margins as well. And then now he's got a decent sized team. He threw a great retreat for them and they're all aligned and he has his ops manager working on improving all this. And so his profitability is going up um, quite dramatically, even without having to pour in a ton more revenue, he's getting quite a lot more profit out. So this is the kind of thing that you cannot solve by selling more because if you have bad margins or a very unprofitable service that you're selling, then selling more of it is actually going to send you broke counterintuitively. Josh, anything you want to add for this one? No, I, I, think, uh, I think you hit all of the right points there. Awesome. So we're talking here about gross profit margin. And normally I try to keep the jargon low um, because I don't want to scare anybody off. Uh, but this is one of the key ones you do need to know. Um, it's the percentage of the price or your revenue that's left over after you've paid for client work and communication to be done. 
So if you don't have a team, you're going to have to factor in your own time. Um, but just for now, I don't want to go into the, the weeds about how to calculate it, but just as far as like what the impact this can have is if you think about your current monthly revenue, and imagine you take my advice, you work on your gross profit margin and you get in like an extra 5% of that revenue you keep. So you improve your gross profit margin from, I don't know, 50 to 55% or something, for example. How much extra money would you have? Because it goes straight to the bottom line, straight to your net profit, straight to your bank account, this extra money, because there's no cost associated with that extra that you make. So let's go with the 50K a month revenue example. Um, if you do this 5% increase, that would be an extra $2,500 a month, extra cash in your pocket. Um, you could put that in your pocket. Hooray, I guess you get to draw out an extra $2,500 a month and you send me a Christmas card or something as a thank you. Um, but imagine if you spent that extra $2,500 a month on marketing. If you got a decent return on that, that could be an extra seven to $10,000 in extra MRR per month. So, and it, you know, just do a little bit of work on the gross margin, extra 5% improvement there, not huge, not dramatic, but then enables you to spend more on marketing and get an extra seven to $10,000 a month, extra revenue every month. And that's worth working on, I think, at least from my perspective. How about you, Josh? But th 100%. that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like yeah. improve the margins and have more for yourself or have more for your growth. Awesome. So the scoring system here, there's five here. Uh, give yourself a, a point for each of these you got. If you can napkin math or have a spreadsheet calculating your gross profit margin, if you don't know what it is, it's very hard to get a point on any one of these. Um, another point, if you know what your gross profit margin is. So not just that you can napkin math it or you have a spreadsheet, is that you do actually know what the number is. You've done the exercise. Uh, give yourself another point if your team is helping you work on improving it or at least maintaining your gross profit margin. Um, a fourth point, if your gross profit margin is 66% or above. So Elaine, this is uh, relevant for your question from before. Um, that 66% is what I like to call Everest Base Camp. And then you give yourself a fifth point if your gross profit margin is 80% or above. If you're keeping 80% of what the client pays you, after you've paid for all the team, you've still got 80% of a leftover. This is like the summit of Everest for those who want to go there. Um, I doubt very much that most people listening to this will have five out of five. Um, if you don't have that 80% or above, it's not like going to break your business, um, but you can do some pretty amazing things. Like you know, we said, what if you had 5% more, how much you could grow your business by reinvesting in marketing? Most agencies are at 50% and say so like, Adding an extra 30% is just like things get crazy stupid fun um, about how fast you can grow and how much help you can afford to bring along on the journey. So, so this, is, this is one of those key things that will actually make or break your agency, right? If your gross profit mm. isn't thick enough, you know, you can wind up selling, 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 but not have anything to show for it, not have enough to mm. grow the team, not have enough to continue to put in marketing. Um, mm. Really knowing what that gross margin is and having a target that you shoot for can make all the all the difference. Uh, I think mm. in a previous training, you referred to this as the golden number, right? Which yes. the golden number you're shooting for is 66% or higher, right? If, I, if I've got that yep. right. Yep. So 66% or higher. And then there's another easy way to calculate this, um, which was what? Take what it costs you to deliver your service and then multiply mm -hmm. by three. Um, is yep. that right? Or is, multiply yeah, yeah. by three. And that's what, so if you're white labeling, 
and, and it's different for Wyoming, but let's say your outsourced cost is a thousand bucks a month for whatever you're selling to really be in that golden range, you need to be charging $3,000 per month. And that's just easy mm -hmm. math. Um, ideally you get to 80% growth margin and you, you've got lots of room, but at a minimum you want at least a 66% uh, growth uh, gross margin on your services. Absolutely. Yep. I find if people don't have the gross margin in place, like most agencies will take whatever their cost is and, you know, multiply it by two to get their price. Um, if people don't have this right, they tend to stall somewhere around 30 to 60 K a month in revenue and somewhere in like the low seven figures business just gets really hard because you can't afford to hire help. Um, and you can't pay for marketing to help you grow. It's like, you have to do everything yourself and we can get lured into this idea of, Oh, you know, I want to grow. So I just have to hustle. Um, but it's not necessarily true or at the very least imagine if you were all still hustling, but you also afford a lot of people to hustle alongside you. It's like, that's how you get the amazing results. Um, thank you, Ryan. Comments here. Arthur says, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles is profitability, right? Charge enough that you can provide a world-class service. You can have your profit and you can grow your team. You can grow your operations. You can create that freedom that you're after. And I can pretty much guarantee you based on Ben's experience and mine, if you don't have at least that, you know, three time multiple on the cost of delivery, you're going to bottleneck or you're going to be making mm -hmm. very, very little money, money as you grow the business. Uh, Ryan, yeah. Ryan McCray in here says, these are some great nuggets. So um, mm -hmm. Ben, this is great Thank stuff. You, Thank you so much for sharing. Awesome. Before we move on from offer numbers, I do want to tell people like the main tactics for improving this. Um, the first one is the most obvious one. The one your accountant will probably tell you about is lowering your costs. So cheaper team processes, automation, productivity stuff, working on that because the gross profit margin and, and what we're talking about here is it's about like, here's what you're charging and here's how much it costs you to provide it. If you can make that gap bigger in either direction, then that's what we're looking for here. So reducing your costs widens it by, you know, pulling down the bottom and that's good. Um, the one that no one really wants to do or talk about is increasing your prices. It's not the most popular option, which is why it's usually the one that's most needed. Um, most people will be like, oh, I'm not making enough money. Oh, okay, I'll try and cut some costs. That's like immediately where people's uh, minds go to. Um, but increasing prices can be, can be important. Um, it's the most common thing I do workshops on. I did one in seven figure agency. Um, the best result so far from increasing prices is, uh, and these are both seven figure agency members. Um, one of them doubled their prices and no clients left using the process that, that I shared. Um, and another one added an additional 200,000 in annual recurring revenue. Uh, like after all the clients who left, they were still up 200,000 even though they'd done a price rise six months before, like no one objected um, if you do it right. So it doesn't have to be scary. Um, if you raise your prices enough and like a bunch of your clients leave, it can still uh, be impactful. So there's an exercise I usually walk people through because pretty much all of you listening probably need to raise your prices. Um, we all do. <laughs> we drag our feet on it. So imagine if you're at like uh, 10K a month revenue or 10K a week, 10K a day, whatever. 10K is, is the revenue, recurring revenue you've got. And I tell you to double your prices and you do it. Good on you. That's hard. Um, and now your revenue is at 20K, right? Except then the thing you feared actually happens and half of your clients run away. 
and you're back to 10k revenue again and you shoot me for sending you on that unnecessary emotional roller coaster um except that you've got the same amount of revenue but half as many clients so your costs are halved so even though a dramatic portion of your clients left you're actually more profitable from the price rise so it's worth thinking about and i've got a blog post if you just search in google profits collective lose customers i think it'll come up no, no one's competing for for that term in the seo world so uh yeah it's got a little blog post walks you through the exercise and says based on you know what your gross profit margin currently is and what kind of a price rise you're thinking it can tell you how many what percentage of customers you can afford to lose and still be more profitable so it's it's a worth worthy exercise to go through it's a powerful powerful exercise mm. Most people are amazed by the price elasticity of marketing agency services, right? Regardless of what you're mm -hmm. charging right now, there's somebody charging more. And I'm not saying to go out and gouge, but if you're not at that 60%, you know, 66% gross margin, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your team. You owe it to your future growth to raise the prices enough to have that buffer so that you can grow. Um, and if, you know, if you doubt it, and, you know, every time he does this workshop, people like kind of tremor in their seat. Oh, we can't raise the prices <laughs> on our existing client base, uh, but go look up that exercise he's talking about there. Reality is you're, you're going to gain more in profitability than you're going to lose in client churn with, uh, with these types of price increases. Absolutely. So zooming out a bit, I could talk about raising prices and the benefits of it and how to do it. I could talk about that all day. Um, but we're talking about the tactics to improve your gross profit margin. We talked about lowering costs, increasing prices is the other one. So remember, gross profit margin is like that percentage you keep after like here's your prices or your revenue and, and here's you know, what it costs to deliver it. We're trying to widen that gap. We can lower your costs. You can increase your prices. Another way to do it is a different way of thinking is to change your inclusions. Um, change what people get for the amount of money that they're paying you. Um, some full service marketing agencies have been removing social media content production as the way they do it or the way it's done in their niche is unprofitable and time consuming. Um, so you can remove that. Customers don't mind because their results don't change and they don't have to send you information or photos or whatever every month anymore. Um, but you can still charge the same amount. So it's one way of like raising your prices or, or decreasing your costs, but in a different way that neither you or your client might object to. So, um, ah, excellent. You put the link into the chat. Thank you, Josh. Um, so that's, again, I'm, I'm going to stop myself, talk about offer numbers and margins all day, but that's that's number three. So I hope that one was helpful. Uh, anything you want to add on that, Josh, before we move on? No, I think that I think that's really important, right? You know, get those financials in order. Make sure that you got enough of a buffer. Know that your offer number makes sense from a financial profitability perspective. Um, and give Ben some feedback here in the comments. If you're getting value and you've got a couple nuggets, type a one in the comments. Uh, and let's dive into uh, let's dive into number three. I mean, number four. Excellent. So number four is marketing and sales numbers. And the reason why we want to have some numbers to look at this might actually already be obvious for people who've been listening to this podcast and following your stuff, Josh, because you do this really well, talking about you know number of clients, number of strategy sessions every month and, and making that simple and clear for everybody. Thank you, Ryan. Um, but the main reason why we're talking about this is because something I've noticed is Sometimes we fix, we keep trying to fix the wrong part of our funnel. Um, it could be that like we're fine at 
on a sales call and converting pe- the right people when they get on a sales call, we're fine at converting them, but we still like keep working on our sales call framework and we keep watching new videos about it and all that sort of stuff. Um, when in fact, what needs to happen is you just need to get more of the right people onto a sales call with you. Like we all have our comfort zones or the areas we think matter the most for us. And like, we're just kind of focused too much on that. And so having some objective numbers to show us like what's really going on and where the important areas to improve are, that can be really helpful so that we can fix the right part of the funnel and we can spot the perform- poorly performing parts of the funnel fast. So one of my clients, Joe, um, in his uh, service business was an, an, oh, kind of an agency. Um, for him, uh, he was a big content guy. He loved content marketing, uh, kept investing more and more in content marketing as a way to increase his sales. He had, you know, he had a website, there was content, a lot of SEO, a lot of sharing of the guest posts um, on, on other people's sites. And they would get a certain number of their uh, potential customers wouldn't buy off the website. They would have to get on a sales call. And so he wasn't really tracking any of these numbers. He just thought, oh, more money I spend on content, more revenue. That's that's how it worked initially in my business. So I'm just going to keep doing that. I'm just going to keep upping my spend on on content. And it was in the order of like $5,000 a month uh, that he was spending on content. And he thought he had to spend more. And I thought, well, let's just, let's just check. So we put some metrics in place on all the stages of his funnel. And then it turned out that the actual problem or the worst metric in all of it was the show up rate on his sales calls. Hmm. And that, like he was getting enough people booking sales calls that if he'd had like even an average show up rate, he would have had twice as much revenue. So because we looked at all the numbers, we figured like this is the point of the funnel. We don't need to like keep pouring lots more people into the top of the funnel. We don't need to spend more and more on content. We need to fix this. So it was a very simple fix. In his case, he was allowing people to book sales calls three weeks in advance. And the further in advance, people, you know, Further away the sales call is, the colder people go, especially if you don't have a good warm-up sequence. Um, and so we, I changed it. I said, let's run an experiment for the next two weeks um, between now and our next call. Change it so they can only book three days ahead and see what happens to your show-up rate, see what happens to your revenue. And so we did it, and it was a dramatic improvement. I'm like, okay, cool. Can we maybe also like drop the content, the amount of money you're investing in content? Let's try that and see what happens over the next few months. So instead of spending $5,000 a month on content, he was spending two, two and a half thousand. Plus he had a bunch more revenue every month just from knowing the numbers and fixing the thing that was actually wrong. That making sense, Josh? No, I love that. Looking at the constraint, like trying to figure out what it is. Is Mm -hmm. it the average cost per lead? Is it the show up rate? Is it the close rate? And focusing on that one constraint um, can make a big difference, right? It's not always just spending more. It's like really solving for the constraints in the business. I think it's a great example. Mm. Absolutely. All right. So success, giving yourself a score on this um, to figure out like how well you're doing. Is this an area you need to focus on and how do you improve it? So the first, give yourself a point if you're looking at your metrics weekly. Give yourself another point if you're looking at them daily. Give yourself another point if you know what the targets are for each of the metrics in your funnel. Um, At the very least, you should know how many strategy sessions and how many new clients you're aiming for. Um, give yourself another point if you're always working on improving the metric that will be the most impactful. So this is like marketing. You can't just do something and then like leave it. Um, you, it's always an experiment. There are, you know, always other people 
what's the saying? Marketers ruin everything <laughs> by overusing a particular tactic. It becomes public. Everyone's using it, stops being as effective. And so you've got to, you've got to change up some things. Um, and then the, the fifth one, give yourself a, a point. If someone on your team is looking at the metrics and working on improving them, it's not just you. So uh, give yourself a score zero to five on that. Um, we're not really talking here about how to make your metrics better. We're just talking about measuring them. And then Which I'll leave you measure to... improves, right? It's just making sure you and your team are looking at that. And by having that tracked and by putting some energy behind it, it will improve. Exactly. Yes. And once you know what needs to be fixed, like I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of podcast episodes and YouTube videos and stuff that Josh has uh, that you can check in. All right. Uh, so that's marketing and sales numbers. Anything on that uh, you want to add, Josh, before we move on? I think that's that's it. Rick. Really know your metrics, right? At a minimum... How many clients do we want this month? Is it five? Is it six? Is it 12? How many strategy sessions is it going to take to get there? And you can just figure out how many clients do I want divided by my average close ratio. That tells you how many appointments you need. In most agencies, if you just started to track that on a consistent basis, it makes all the difference in the world. But then beyond that, you want to track how many new opt-ins and what's your show up rate and you know all of those other metrics. But at a minimum, how many clients do we want? How many strategy sessions per month? And then track that. Are we on track or off track? Mm, absolutely. All right. So number five, the fifth core area is monthly numbers. And this is where the financials come in. I, I do want to point out, because like I said, one of the ideas I'm trying to change is that it's just looking at your bookkeeping reports. That's what you got to do for your numbers and profitability. That's it. Um, but it is a bit broader than that. And most people are relieved when I explain this because they find looking at the financials boring, which is, which is fair enough. Um, the way they're taught to you by accountants is usually pretty boring um, because of the way accountants are taught is also pretty boring. So it's like academics are teaching accountants who are then droning on at you. It's like it's not really set up for success. Um, anyway, <laughs> brain over. Um, the idea here with your monthly numbers is that you want to monitor your business from a higher vantage point and see things you might miss in the day-to-day. -day. In the day-to-day, -day, we've got like emails, we've got messages, we've got to-do list items, we've got fires to fight, we've got sales calls to do. And it's just like, it's very easy to just like keep doing the things and keep being busy and then miss bigger trends. And so that's what this is useful for. Um, one of my favorite clients, uh, we have been looking at his numbers, him and uh, the partner in his agency, and we've had his ops manager come on recently. Um, and one of the things that we noticed through like just looking at the numbers and asking questions is that th there was a whole bunch of money they were spending on software that their clients weren't actually using. Yeah. And I forget whether it was like 7000 a month or $9,000 a month, but it was a fairly significant amount that could potentially be cut. And it's, you know, no one's really thinking about this because, you know, it's not a high priority. It's one of those things that can just slip through the cracks. But having that vantage, I don't know if you know this guy, Josh, um, having that vantage point <laughs> can be very helpful to see money that's just kind of dribbling away and no one's really noticing about it. That makes sense? 100%. I do think I know that guy and, uh, <laughs> you know, there's always room for improvement in, in all these areas. And so I think the bottom line here is, you know, we don't want to look at the financials, right? But the fact is, if you run a business, whether it's an agency or any business, you have to have financials, right? Whether it's in QuickBooks or Zero or whatever, you have to have that chart of accounts needs to be nice and tight. But then it's your fiduciary responsibility as the owner of the business to at least 
look at the financials and see like, you know, where's the revenue, where's the profit, where's the, 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 like the waste. And there's always waste. It could be in software. It could be in tools. It could be in team that you don't need. And so you have to be looking at those numbers on a consistent basis. And ideally you have somebody like Ben that's smarter fractional CFO that can help you spot the areas of waste and to accelerate the, the reduction and increase in profit. Hmm. Yep, absolutely. So the success in this area, uh, again, got uh, five things to score yourself on. Number one, are you looking at your profit and loss or income statement monthly, at least monthly? Give yourself a point for that. If you're looking at the balance sheet every month as well, give yourself another point for that one. Uh, if you're looking at your reports by the seventh of each month, and it's not taking like three, four weeks or multiple months for you to get your reports, give yourself a point if you're looking at them by the seventh. Uh, the fourth one is to, if you know your targets for the main numbers that you're aiming for, and so you know when things are, are going sideways or, or getting off track, give yourself a point if you know what those targets are. And then uh, finally, give yourself a point if like every three months you're doing an exercise uh, to go through and trim your expenses uh, to find some quick profits. So that's the one I shared at the beginning, profitscollective.com slash QPH. That's an exercise that you can run. Give yourself a point if you're doing that every every three months at least. So that's awesome. the, the scores for the five. I'm going to drop uh, this in the links again real quick, guys. So um, okay. if you want to run an actual exercise, hard to do this in a podcast where it's like there's mm -hmm. lots of things being discussed and you kind of manually kind of check along with us. Um, go to the link, profitscollective.com slash quick-profit-hunt. Uh, there, Ben has an exercise he'll walk you through so that you can find profit. And in the example he was saying there, that that's, that's my company. And we meet with Ben every month and we look at the financials and he helps us spot trends. Well, if we're spending $7,000 a month in a software that the client doesn't use and we can eliminate that and it doesn't impact the client relationship, it doesn't impact results, that number goes straight to profitability or it goes straight to you know, other areas in the business where we can be more efficient. And so I really encourage you, go to that profitscollective.com slash quick-profithunt or QPH is the, yep. is the redirect link. And um, you'll, you'll be able to get through that exercise. Excellent. Thank you, Josh. Uh, so the details of the key numbers will have to be a topic for another day. There's a whole workshop in Seven Figure Agency for those of you who are listening. And I'm pretty sure I've done it once or twice on my own podcast as well. Um, but I didn't want to spend the whole episode talking about what are the key numbers on your financials because like there's a bunch of numbers and you'll probably do the other numbers more so than looking at your financials. I can get you to look at your you know, listener. I can get you to look at your marketing and sales numbers a lot easier than I can get you to look at your financials. So if this is my only chance to impact you, then it's how we're spending the time this way. Um, all right. Anything on monthly numbers before we move on to lucky number six? The only Josh. thing I'll say on monthly numbers, I, I just think it's so important that your chart of accounts are set up correctly, where you can really mm -hmm. easily see revenue is easy to track. Cost of goods sold, a lot of times that's a mixed bag, right? And you're, you're putting things that shouldn't be cost of goods sold. And that's really where you can easily track that gross margin. So knowing mm -hmm. like, here's our, you know, if you do like, like outsource content or you do outsource link building or, you know, the, the, the actual costs that go into the delivery of the service, have those on the chart of accounts properly listed. Um, and then your overhead expense, make sure that's dialed in. Um, and then having a, a, a below the line um, executive profit where you're like any, you know, any of the things maybe that you're putting towards, you know, vehicles and travel and stuff like that. 
Um, knowing that the financial chart of accounts is set up correct is kind of the bedrock to your ability to manage the business and make smart financial decisions. Um, you know, there's a great training in Seven Figure Agency that Ben walks you through exactly how to set up that chart. Um, or, um, you know, reach out to Ben directly, you know, and, and he can help you guys structure. But I think knowing that is set up right makes it so that looking at the, 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 the monthly numbers, looking at the um, profit and loss in the balance sheet is productive use of time. If you don't have that foundation right, you can, you're just looking at random numbers and it's very hard to ascertain any insights. Absolutely. And for those of you who don't know what chart of accounts means, it's basically, <laughs> it's basically the names of the rows on your profit and loss report. Like one might be software costs or software and subscriptions and changing how those rows are laid out and what they call can make it a lot more pleasant and a lot more valuable for you yeah. to be looking at your numbers. All right. So number six is future numbers. So lucky last, uh, because in most cases, I recommend everyone you know, if I have to choose on what I work on with people, this is the last of the six core areas that I'll usually work on with them. Um, but for some people, it's, it's critically important. It's more critically important for people who have inventory-based businesses than agencies, but there's still a lot of value for agencies. So the idea here with future numbers is this will allow you to make more aggressive moves, like more aggressive growth plans, for example, with less risk. Than otherwise for example like if you found a rock star potential team member but they want a higher salary than you were originally planning for or there's an opportunity to sponsor a conference because a sponsor's dropped out um and they're saying you know if you can act now you know we'll give it to you as a bit of a discount you're like oh i don't know whether i can afford it or if me paying this now is going to send me broke in three or six months time when it's my quiet season, for example, and and you know maybe you want to invest heavily in other marketing strategies, like um, like spend a lot on Facebook ads because your funnel's kind of working, and so you want to spend a bit more, or maybe you want to launch a new service, but you want to hire more team members and pay to train them before the revenue is going to come in for the new service. Like if you're doing adding on a concierge service, for example, and for a lot of these opportunities there's some people are just like oh there's an opportunity for growth i'm going to go for it i don't you know they don't check their numbers at all that's not good unless you've got like a big stack of savings um and there are other people who might not take that growth opportunity who might not confidently reinvest in themselves and in the growth of their business because they don't know whether they can afford it over the longer term like oh, i have the money in the bank now but will i make payroll next week or in three months or six months so the idea with this future number stuff is that you'll know whether you can afford all those things without going broke. Um, so I've got two examples for you. Uh, one is uh, my client, Jeff. Um, he was you know, doing 300K per year, had a pretty average team. Growth wasn't really there. Um, and we started working together and he hired, he was able to confidently hire two rock stars who are now helping him triple his revenue this year compared to last year when you know he's been stuck at 300k he's now on track for a million this year all because of that um and then another example kyle and andy they had a seo agency um people might know them um they kind of procrastinated on implementing this stuff initially about the future numbers but this was one of the big reasons why that helped them um grow become more profitable prepare their agency for sale and they sold it last year for a very nice multiple and amount they were happy with um, confidential. I can't say what it was and I don't really want to name drop without checking who they are. Um, but you would all know Kyle if you're in the SEO world. 
Um, and all of this comes from knowing what your numbers are going to be like in the future. It's kind of like, what is your P&L and what is your bank account balance look like? What's going in and out in the future um, can make a big difference on how comfortable you are doing things now. Making sense, Josh? 100%. No doubt. Know those future numbers so you can make strategic decisions and, uh, you know, set the right amount of money aside for the big opportunities or for the big team member, you know, investments that you might want to make. Mm, excellent. Um, so success score on this one. Um, again, we got five points uh, up for grabs here. If you know roughly how much your payroll is each month, you get a point for that uh, because you are at least thinking a bit about the future. You get a point if you have a rule of thumb amount to keep in your bank account. If you're like, oh, if I have 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 in the bank account, I know we'll probably be okay. You get a point for that because you are kind of thinking about the future, like how much money I need to leave for the future. You get a point if you have a cash flow projection or a budget. If you don't know what they are, you don't have them. <laughs> um, you get a point if you're reviewing the cash flow or the budget at least monthly against what actually happened mm. and you're adjusting your future estimates accordingly. So you might have predicted you'd have a great month, um, but it didn't happen. And you've got to look at the actuals to compare that and see, okay, why didn't it happen? What can we do differently? Does this mean our future prediction needs to be done a bit better? Uh, and then you get a, a fifth point if not only do you have a cash flow projection or a budget and you're looking at it, but you have non-financial numbers on the projection or the budget and they feed into the financial numbers. For example, you've got your marketing and sales metrics or KPIs that feed into the revenue number on your cash flow projection or your budget. So it's not just like, oh, here's the money coming in and out, but it is kind of tied to the KPIs and you're looking at what leads to those numbers. So five points up for grabs there. Um, most people should at least get one or two points out of five there. Um, but like I said, if, if all you have is one or two points, I would actually suggest fixing one of the other core areas before you work on this one, um, unless you feel like there's not going to be enough money and you're worried about things. Uh, this can help give you a bit of peace of mind. Does that make sense, Josh? Yeah. So we talked about the, the, the six key things that you can adjust in order to improve your profitability. And it's not just reducing expenses, right? There's a lot more to it in terms of setting right, right budgets and setting right projections and looking at the marketing and sales and knowing what mm -hmm. your personal numbers are. Uh, I think there's a ton of great insights in these six, uh, these six key numbers, Ben. Mm, exactly. Thank you. So one last thing to kind of wrap it all up, um, summarize it, prioritize it. We've talked about goal numbers, talked about personal numbers, uh, offer numbers, marketing and sales numbers, monthly numbers like your PL and stuff, and future numbers. So there's six there. Um, there are levels to these. You come back to them as you grow. So like you, you know, if you're getting a good score now, add another 25k a month in revenue or 50k a month in revenue, and you might have to revisit some of this. What was sorted won't stay that way. Um, or you'll need to do things a bit differently when your agency gets bigger and a bit more complex. Um, have a think about, thank you, Josh, have a think about which of the six core areas has the lowest score and that's probably the priority to work on and re-watch ep this episode if you need to to figure out like what were those other things I could have got points for. Those are the things to work on next. Um, I listed each of them in order. So like if you, you, know, you start at the beginning and you've only got that first one, then the second one in the list is the one to start working on. Um, so 
I did, uh, like I said, this is refined because I've got a program uh, that's based on all of these, getting these numbers straight and using it to grow your agency. Um, I did think about, can I make it any shorter? Um, can I shorten this from six and only do it? But not really. Um, the, there's usually a couple of core projects in each of these that will improve these things. And you know, I only added the projects that got outstanding results and clarity for clients. And this is about, uh, this is about as short as I can get it for everybody. Um, hope it was helpful. Um, quick summary again of those, um, just at a high level for those of you who are only tuning in at the end or fell asleep during the middle. The goal numbers is focusing on the right things and having a good plan to get there. Personal numbers is about having your personal finances not draining the business and having your personal productivity support your growth. Uh, offer numbers is about offering something that's profitable so you don't sell yourself into uh, liquidation. Uh, the fourth one is marketing and sales numbers. Uh, get more revenue, waste less time fixing the wrong things in your funnel. Uh, monthly numbers is about monitoring the business at a strategic level. And the sixth one is future numbers, which is making more aggressive moves with less risk. Beautiful. And I mean, you took a lot of big concepts, a lot of, um, a lot of wisdom working with lots of agencies and boiled it down to these kicks, six key things, these six key projects. Um, if, if, listeners, watchers want to learn more about how to engage with you, um, maybe how to like get your help with this stuff. What's the best way for them to, to connect with you? Yeah. So connecting with me on Facebook or Twitter, um, Facebook, Ben.McAdam.7. I think Twitter, it's at McAdam Ben. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, but I would say the best next step for everybody is to go do that exercise that I shared that one. Yep. A quick profit hunt. Um, that will get some useful results. And uh, once you sign up, I'll, you know, you're expecting some helpful emails, you'll get them um, with a bit more detail on these core areas and, and what to do to fix them. So good. So go to quick profit hunt, uh, profitscollective.com slash QPH, or click the link here wherever you happen to be watching this. Um, it'll take you to an, a very simple 10 minute exercise that walks you through really how to identify those profit leaks and massively improve your profitability. Um, mm -hmm. I would say for those of you that are, are running an agency and, and you know, trying to get the financials dialed in, getting someone's experience and expertise that actually has done this with other agencies that understands the moving parts, can tell you whether you're overspending or underspending in certain areas um, can make a big, big difference. And so um, I personally work with Ben in both my businesses. Um, he's helped significantly to improve profitability. Um, I, I highly recommend his services, whether that's in a group style program or like using him as your personal fractional CFO, um, he's available for that kind of support. Um, I think there was a question here from uh, Ryan about the training for setting up your chart of accounts. Um, mm -hmm. If you are a member of the seven figure agency and you come down to where it says uh, financial mastery, um, we've got a, all of Ben's best trainings here on setting your agency up for profitability. Um, I believe it's working with your bookkeeper and making it painless walks you through how to set up that chart of accounts um, and really stack it in a way that makes great sense. Actually, sorry. I think it's the other one. I did it at the uh, July intensive last year, setting up your chart of accounts for profits and success or something like that. Okay. It's in here. It's in here. How so to set up your financials. That's the one down the bottom here. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of trainings in there. Um, right I had there. a lot of fun. Always enjoy doing those for seven figure agency members. Um, Oh yeah, I have a podcast as well, a business numbers podcast. 
very imaginatively titled. Um, might have to interview on the, you on there one day, Josh. You've got a lot of uh, wisdom to share yourself. Well, if they want to connect with you, that's another option. Just go check out the Business Numbers podcast where you share some of your mm-hmm. best ideas and strategies. Yeah, absolutely. Feel good. All right. Well, Ben, thank you so much for sharing. Lots of great insights here. Lots of good takeaways. Um, if you got value, be sure to reach out to Ben. Thank him for his help. Be sure to go and check out this um, quick profits hunt. It's a free exercise to help you find those profit leaks in the in the business. Uh, ben, anything else you want to add before we wrap up today? Oh, man, there is so much. Um, but the main thing is just to encourage people to use their numbers. Um, sometimes our gut can mislead us. Um, if you rely on your gut, sometimes what you're actually hearing is your fears or you know, bad things about money, my, mindset stuff. Um, and so having some sort of objective thing to double check your gut against can be really helpful. Like I gave him one of those examples of Joe who was just pouring more money into content. Like without that objective reality, he didn't know that that wasn't the most effective strategy. Um, and it cost him a lot of money to do because of that. So pick one of these things, try implementing it. Um, those of you in seven-figure agency, pick one of my workshops that sounds most relevant, watch it, go do that exercise, um, check out some of my content in the podcast. Just try and do something small at least once a month, uh, and that'll set you up for success. <clears throat> So good. Well, Ben, thanks so much for the great insights today. Thanks for everything you do to support the seven-figure agency community. And uh, I hope a lot of people connect with you and kind of check out this exercise. And uh, that is, is it for today. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. And have an amazing afternoon. Go improve your profitability, improve your growth, uh, build the, the business that you really, really want to create the lifestyle that you're after. And um, we'll see everybody again soon. Thanks.